0: You're listening to the All In IT Radio. Join us as we talk about everything related to information technology and some other random stuff as well. Help us try to find how IT relates to each and every one of us and what's really behind the story headlines. We are Swedes and we talk tech. very welcome to this episode of All in IT Radio. I am your host Kenneth. Today I bring you an interview with one of the most prominent persons in his field. Which just happens to be comic books. Comics is a great part of modern geek culture as well as in more or less every childhood. And every year here in Gothenburg there is a large book fair or rather THE large book fair in Sweden. With many different exhibitions, you know, the sort, new book releases, author signings, deals being made and broken, radio programs being recorded, and of course there are comic books as well. In this interview we talk about the state of the comic book industry in the world, how it differs from Europe and from the United States for example, and we also talk about online comics, how the conditions have changed for comics in this day and age and also we talk a bit about how technology has changed his craft and how he performs it. I have to beg your pardon for the state of the audio. It's conference audio that is there is a lot of noise in the background and sometimes my voice can be a bit hard to hear but I think you'll manage my often heard co-host Henrik is actually in the room with me. You won't hear his voice but you will see some of the photos he took during the interview. He, the man I'm interviewing is the greatest creator behind Donald Duck and Scrooge McDuck comics living today. I started out by calling him a living legend and asked him to introduce himself to the audience.
1: My name is Kino Don Rosa. People have been giving, calling me a living legend for already 10 or 20 years. And I think that's just when you do the same job for 25 years for little, very little pay, you're a living legend. Or you're an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> But I guess that's what a living legend is. There's somebody who does a much better job, but he does it for lots of different uh, publications or characters. That, that's not a living legend. You have to do the same job for a preposterous amount of time, then, then you're a living legend, I guess. True. So.
0: But still, you changed the, the... You found something and you really changed it. You really did something great for
1: the area where you were. Maybe I brought something out, but I was I wasn't trying to change it. I was actually trying to reaffirm exactly what I always thought it was. I thought it was being changed and I wanted to put it back the way I wanted it to be. So I wasn't trying to change it, I was just re-establishing it, its foundations. At least that's what I was trying to do.
0: And many would say that those are the most dangerous people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> those who just try to do what's right. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're a big thing here in Sweden, as we talked about before. I, yeah. And uh, every place outside of the United States, I seem to be. I'm glad I'm not that famous in America. It's much, it's much more comfortable being uh, anonymous. So, yeah, I'd hate to be as uh, famous back home as I am in a place like Sweden or certainly like Finland. That's, wow. <laughs> but Finland must be the place
0: where you're most, most known.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, because. Uh, because that's where Donald Duck is the most popular and don't ask me why I'm not sure
0: that's strange isn't
1: it uh, I mean I think I know why Donald Duck is so popular in Europe it's because as near as I can try to figure out after World War II when the entire continent was in shambles uh, in the late 1940s like 49, 1950 this company here Egmont uh, reintroduced comic books uh, uh, cheap mass entertainment across Europe and that's why Donald Duck seemed to become a, a national hero all over Europe uh, but now, why why Finland in particular I'm not sure of that but but I mean uh, in America nobody knows who I am in uh, most of Europe anybody who reads comics whether they read Donald Duck comics or not they know who I am because they know I do the most popular comic books even if they don't like them they know I'm doing them but in Finland, Everybody knows who I am. I mean, everybody. Even if they never go near a comic book, because they turn on the TV and I'm on the national news, and oh, it's Don Rosa again. So it's it's a strange feeling. It's uh, it always. I've been telling people for decades that it's like uh, when I travel to Europe, it's like I'm impersonating somebody. <laughs> it's either that, or it's like entire nations are playing a practical joke on me, <laughs> and it's like let's, let's make you think he's famous, and everybody's in on it, and and they. They, they never fool me. I know it's a trick.
0: <laughs> That's wonderful. But you do flirt with the Finnish nation a bit. Or you did with your oh, yeah. great ethos.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I thought... That somebody told me, like I was telling you earlier, that, uh, I mean, I'd been there a couple of times already and learning how popular Aku Anka is in Finland, and uh, somebody went, finally said, if you combine the two biggest icons of Finnish culture, which is the kalavala. And Donald Duck, I'd be elected president. And I said, well, it's worth a try. Didn't happen, though. um... (laughs) Yet. No. You
0: often mention in in interviews with you that the comic market in the United States is more or less dead regarding classical comics.
1: It's dead as a mass medium, yeah. It's uh, classic comics, you mean... Well, even the versions of Superman and Batman we have now are not the classic versions. They, they keep reintroducing it. I mean, it doesn't take any more effort to see that comics are a failure in America Is you look at the, the current Superman and Batman comics or the current Spider-Man and all the Marvel, they keep restarting them from number one. I don't even know if you're aware of that because yeah, sure. they don't sell. So, But they have to keep them in print because they make trillions of dollars off movies and TV shows and video games and toys, so they have to keep reintroducing them and seeing if... They can just boost the sales up just a little bit each time, but you know, it just keeps the, the sales figures just, <laughs> because there's fewer and fewer, they only sell like 10,000 copies of a, an American comic book. Uh, back in uh, the United States, uh, Uncle Scrooge used to sell 3 million copies a month back like in 1953 or something. That was 60 years ago, so mm-hmm. what should a comic book in America sell now? 10 million co- 20 million, 10,000 copies. But they only stay in business because they're sold in comic book shops. You know, they're not sold on the general newsstand. <coughs> it's, not mass, it's not a mass market like it still is here. It's a cult collectible. The publishers say, uh, and they've been doing this since 1980, 1985, it's said, in six months we're going to publish a Spider-Man comic. It's going to be written by this guy, drawn by this guy. How many will you buy? And one store will say they'll buy 60, and another store might say they'll buy five. And they total those numbers up, and that's how many they print. And they sell them to the store, and the store can't get a refund on them if they don't sell. Now, you know, newsstands, the, the way news distribution works is every magazine or comic book in, in Europe still uh, that's published, they take whatever, 20 issues on every single newsstand in the whole, all over Europe and uh, individual countries. And any issue that doesn't sell, the news deal gets like, a full refund on it. He can't right. lose. But the publishers keep that, and that's why the publishers in America back in uh, early 70s were going quickly out of business, because they were, all the comic books were coming back to them. They, they had to print them, and they get paid for two, and then 5,000 uh, of them would... Uh, so now, uh, it's like printing money. But uh, So back in the 80s and 90s, the, uh, when they invented this new way to turn a failing industry into a cult collectible, the profit margin went up drastically... Because, like, like I say, they just print as many as they sell. There's no, there's no loss. But, but now, but like I say, the the, cur- the selling curve just keeps dropping further and right. further. And now, I don't know what. Uh, how they, but they got to keep them around because that's uh, the fact. they they can still say their comic books is how they can sell the characters to the movie because that's where the big money is, movies and television and so on. Uh, but thank gosh, it's not like that in Europe. People, it's still a mass market here. Everybody sees comics on every newsstand you go to. It's uh, like when I'm in uh, a place like Oslo, or, or maybe here or in Stockholm. You walk out of the hotel and you see my two or three news kiosks right there in front of you. Someplace. And you go into them, and the first thing you see, you don't have to go to the back of the store. The first thing you see is a wall of Donald Duck comics. They'll have the weeklies and the monthlies, and then the digests. But not just the new digest, but all 400 digests that have ever been printed for the last 30 years they keep reprinting them true and in America you don't even see comic books anywhere if you if you ask the average american uh, when's the last time you saw a comic book for sale they don't see them because they're only sold in comic book stores where the average american's you know not going to go
0: and i mean I, I bought your work when it came out in canacol company don't and company yeah the, the weekly uh, magazine and I bought it in Kalanija Extra, which which came with Donald Duck. Yeah. And I bought it in the Hall of Fame series. Yeah.
1: And you so I bought, new one too.
0: I bought the new one right now. Yeah. So that's the fourth time I bought the I'm, same. I apologize for that.
1: Boy, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like me buying uh, DVDs. I bought the uh, I made a videotape of the movie in 1975, <laughs> 1985. I bought the laserdisc. 1995. I bought the DVD. 2005, I bought the BD (laughs) and I never even watched the one. You know, I don't have them long enough to watch them a second time. I just got the Indiana Jones set in high definition. I don't even think I ever watched my DVDs. Last ones I watched were the laser discs. So it's the same thing. It's just. But
0: one area where comics in the United States actually are sort of flourishing, not if you talk about manga, money,
1: no, online.
0: Online comics. Okay. They're more actually, but
1: they're a like more like news, newspaper comics. They're short jokes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Usually, not everyone. Yeah. Everyone does their own thing on the internet. I, I, I don't know too much about it, so. No? But that'd be good. That would keep it alive, and also they can stop cutting down forests just to print comic books.
0: True.
1: But and, uh, that'd be nice. And some
0: of them actually makes money on it. They manage to do it through. Commercials on the
1: webpage, or oh, yeah, and you don't so have to sell you T-shirts. It's, it's all electronic. It's not you don't have to, like I say, cut down forests and produce and waste ink and paper and, uh,
0: and they're not gasoline. The and, a
1: publisher. Uh, yeah, that's, that's nice. That's good to know.
0: How has technology changed your work? Is it do you do the exact same thing when you draw a picture today as you did twenty years ago?
1: Yeah, the only way it's helped me is, uh, for instance, doing the... Uh, uh, the only thing I've drawn in the last five years are the title pages of this new book set. Right. Uh, because my eyesight's so bad. But the only way it helps me... Um, for instance, I just in the last couple of weeks did the last two title pages for volumes 8 and 9. Uh, and But I've had more eye operations. Uh, just before I was in, I, I had to do that. Uh so I really couldn't see what I was doing very well. You, I can draw these great big sloppy pictures, but I, I can't do the fine work anymore. I just, I can't see, Right. but I uh, have those scanned and then I can put them on the computer and roll them up, large, and then I can use the, you know, the electronic eraser and kind of fix all the mistakes. So that's the only possible, but everything else I, I do, it's still the same way uh, cartoonists have worked for a hundred years. A yeah, piece of paper and India ink and an old-fashioned pen. Right, and
0: that's interesting because many of the more popular online comics well, of are done all... in the
1: same way as well. They are. Yeah, a, they are. They're not colored the same way though. They're colored Perhaps on not. Photoshop. Well, but but uh, comic book artists <clears throat> have never colored their own work ever. No, that's all done by the publisher. So that's so the online artists are still having more to do, even if they're doing it electronically. They're still actually coloring their comics. Carl Marx never colored his. Well, no, no comic books are colored by the uh, the artist. Well, you got those ones like uh, if you're familiar with the name Alex Ross, who does the superhero comics for Marvel. He actually paints them. So, uh, but all, everything else is, uh, you know, colored by the. Uh, well, the the, car, the the cartoonist draws them, you know, in black and white, uh, black ink on white paper, and then somebody at the publisher makes color keys, you know, by the page, and it just, you know, it's arrows right. pointing and it says color like Dr. Martin's number 10 blue and then, and then they're sent to the publisher and it's somebody at the uh, I mean the printer, the actual printer and there they have some sort of computer technology where they color Of course you're talking to somebody who just I really don't know anything about <laughs> how but, comics are done now I, I just know how I do them or how, how I did them
0: That's the reason we have sort of a strange situation with one comic here in Sweden The Phantom yeah. You know, with uh, oh. the skull ring and...
1: Yeah, sure, sure.
0: He has a different color here in Sweden. He's not purple? No, he's blue. Why? He has a dark blue uh, dress. Yeah? Does so anybody know why? That, that's because what you mentioned. The artist, he, he made it in black and white. And oh. somehow the notation for what color he should be oh. got lost. So they took what they thought looked
1: good. And dark blue looked best. Well, that's all right. I mean, it's still a... So same he's same character, been dark, yeah. Blue, purple. What, what's the difference? Uh, in America, Scrooge is always dressed in red, and uh, in France, he's always been dressed in blue. And uh, here, I think he's dressed in a rusty brownish red. I have no idea how they choose the colors. He's got. They, they decided some years ago how Scrooge would be colored in all the Egmont countries. You know, it's Sweden and Denmark, and Norway and Germany and. Iceland and a few others. And he's colored, uh, what is it, he's a rusty red, you know, kind of a uh, rust or a brick red right. coat. The belt's the same color, and I think his cuffs might be, and his cane is blue. <laughs> Why? Let me say, oh, I think it looks nice. It's blue. People don't have blue canes. Now, in Italy, they have, oh, and they color the comics really nicely in Italy. They put a lot, because they color them artistically. Egmont is coloring them for little kids. Right. Uh, and They color them nice, but they don't put any artistic, you know, the weekly. Uh, but it's for little kids, so they they got to get it done fast. But uh, in Italy, everything's colored nice, except everybody has yellow shoes. I have no idea why. Of course, the Ducks aren't wearing shoes, but, you know, there's Scrooges <laughs> in the Klondike with all these filthy, dirty miners. And they're, you know, wearing buckskins and uh, coonskin caps, and bright yellow shoes. I, don't know. I see, I see oh, well, those are gay. <laughs>
0: it's
1: all these gay cowboys and gay sourdoughs in the UK. But I don't know, somebody, you know, 50 years ago in Italy said, Oh, I think the shoes should be yellow. <laughs> and that's the way it stays.
0: But you, had a, you have a good relationship with Egmont in Sweden, and with the translator in Sweden.
1: Stuff Stefan Diaz. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's working on the, the current comics. Uh, but the, as what we were saying uh, in this new series, this is the very first time that I had complete control and I've inspected every single panel of every single, of, of all of their files. And I go through it and I tell them, you know, recolor this, recolor that, change this so it's colored the way it should be. I, I can't tell them to, I have to give them a break and don't tell them to s- color it from scratch because it's really not beautifully colored, but it's adequately colored. So, But still, the glaring errors, you know. Uh, for instance, uh, the one thing that I've always really wanted them to recolor was the money in Scrooge's money bin. Because all across Europe, it's always been colored gold, right. which misses the whole point completely. In, in the original American comics and in Karl Barks' stories, the money bin was just filled with pocket change. Right. So, with copper pennies and... and you know, silver, dimes, and quarters, and and nickels, because that was the whole joke, this guy, this guy is such a miser that he has an entire building packed with just pocket change, but in Europe, it's always gold coins, Mm. that misses the whole point of it, so that really bothers me, and that's the only thing we actually did not change, because even the big uh, Uncle Scrooge fans across Europe, uh, when I explain that to them, they say, oh, they say, I see Makes but sense. it's but it's always been gold, and I want it to stay gold because that's the way it was when I grew up. And I said, well, I'm a big, I have a lot of respect for nostalgia. So I said, so I, I, I made a deal with him. I said, well, let's cover it half silver and half gold. Then everybody will everybody will be unhappy. Then, so. <laughs> and it didn't work too well because uh, you, because with uh, computer coloring, one problem is you know the way the, the colorist works is they touch the screen of the computer. And a color fills the area until it touches the lines. Right. It's contained somehow. And the money bin is... They're, they're, I don't draw every individual coin. So I they, almost thought they, you did, actually. Sometimes, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I draw a certain number of individual coins on the top. But I can't draw every single one. So you see a sprinkling of individual coins. So I found out all they can do is they color those individual coins silver and leave the rest of it gold. Oh, right. So what it looks like is the money bin's full of gold and somebody reaching in his pocket a handful of quarters. Of <laughs> so you just see a, a sprinkling of silver coins and so it looks even weirder than uh, being all gold. But everything else is coloured the way I, I want it to be coloured, Fine. But you really brought detail to
0: the world of Donald Duck.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, and I think that's the only reason people like my comics. They... I'm not doing cute drawings and I'm not I'm not drawing to uh, please the art director. I'm just drawing, uh, I, th- I think readers like it, seem to like it so much because they, they look at it and they say, for somebody to put, obviously put so much work into such bad art, he, he must be enjoying himself. <laughs> and then they enjoy it because they see I'm working a lot harder than I'm getting paid to work. I'm just doing it to entertain them. And so. you,
0: you've always talked about your bad art, but that's not true. You are a
1: great artist. You really can draw. No, no, I can't draw. <laughs> uh, now, the, the, the people, uh, especially the publishers, when they bring me to a place like this and they want me to promote their books, to sell their books. <laughs> and, I mean, you hear it all over this room. People say, that's my new book. It's sensational. It's fantastic. You've got to get all your friends to buy it. It's wonderful. They'll love it. They bring me here, and I'll say, uh, of course, I'm not producing new one. And I'll say, well, here's a, here's a new story I did, and it's... Uh, well, it's about some interesting history I came across, and uh, I tried to put Scrooge into it, and it's, I don't know, I, I, I didn't like it much, but I hope i hope maybe you readers do. And they say, why are you so humble? Why don't you brag? And I said, all they have to do is ask me the right question, and they'll find I'm not so humble. And they say, do you, is, do you draw well? Is your artwork good? I said, no. It's, it's just crammed with needless and irritating details. And Are you a great writer? And I said, well, I don't know. Their plots are kind of overly complex, and it's... Yeah, they say, are your comics entertaining? You're damn right they're entertaining. Oh, right. Because I'm doing nothing but cramming entertainment into it. I don't care if it's ugly, I don't care if it, it, it induces headaches. I'm cramming as much entertainment as I can for the fans. I'm That's not trying fair. to please the editors or the art directors. Because no. they don't know. It's the fans who know what they like.
0: You really brought common sense to the Duck universe. I mean, yeah. you put
1: everything in
0: logical order. You put stuff in I'm relationship just, to. to uh, I'm
1: each anal other. retentive. That's called anal retentive. Right, it's uh, called obsessive <laughs> compulsive. Uh, it's called an obsessive compulsive disorder, which doesn't make sense. No. I mean, it's it's a a mental uh, phenomenon where you want everything to be ordered. So how could it be a disorder? I call it an obsessive compulsive order. No right. <laughs> It's all the other people that have a disorder because they're disordered. It's obvious. It has to be a disorder.
0: So, so, what do you think about
1: artists who draw Donald and Scrooge
0: in that way, which that, that doesn't That's, make it doesn't make any sense in relationship to anything else in the Duck Universe?
1: What? It's my stuff that doesn't look like anything else in the Duck Universe. I'm the only one that does this, the weird art. All the rest of them are nice-looking, cute, uh, you know, well-designed majors. But it's something for everyone. Not everybody likes my stories. Not everybody likes their stories. So that's good. You know, people like there's actually people who claim to like Mickey Mouse stories. So <laughs> there's something no. for everybody. Well, for some reason. I... All
0: right, this I've, I've taken enough of your time. This has been a fantastic pleasure. Thank you
1: very much. All right. That's okay. I uh, I just get so charred. I was sitting out there for what four four hours. And it takes a long time for the energy to wear off that I get from the fans. That, uh, so it takes a, I slow down very gradually. So. So my, my, energ- my drop in energy is like the American comic book sales figure. <laughs> just kind of slowly, kind of just fades away.
0: And as Mr. Kino Don Rosa's energy drops back to normal levels after many hours of book signing. Henrik and I bid him farewell. I really hope to be able to meet him again someday. This interview was one of the most awesome things I have ever done. The new book series he was signing is called Don Rosa Samlade Verk in Swedish or Don Rosa The Collected Works. To the best of my knowledge it has only been released in Sweden so far but there are books by Mr. Don Rosa that you can get. I checked a bit on the reason for the Phantom being blue in Sweden and it seems to be related to printers not being able to produce the correct purple color but for that matter the cartoonist did not intend for him to be purple either rather some sort of green to be able to hide well in the jungle but he accepted the color afterward though. Before starting the recording, I asked Mr. Rosa if he knew what Creative Commons is. He he didn't, so I explained the concept to him briefly. He, He mentioned though that he was used to working with companies that didn't give him a penny for his hard efforts. But that's another thing entirely. The music for this episode... The theme music was not released under a Creative Commons license, but rather under the Art Libre license, but they share many similarities. It was made by EHMA and was called Pizzicato? Something to that effect. P I Z Z I C A T O. Pizzicato? Pichicato. Anyway, you will find. A link to that, as well as links to all the other topics discussed in the show notes for this episode, uh, together with some of the photos Henrik shot. Just steer your browser to aiit.se slash radio slash 0017. If you want to send us any kind of feedback, please do. Direct it to the mail address show at aiit.se the Twitter and Identity accounts at altinomit A-L-L-T-I-N-O-M-I-T the Google Plus account that you will find at aiit.se slash radio slash plus or just give Henrik a call and tell him you love him. Through the Egmont Cartoon Company I will send a link to this episode to Mr. Kino Don Rosa himself. And I really do hope he feels that I have made him justice today. I loved doing this show And I hope you loved listening to it and we'll soon be back with more.